now I'm ready. All right, good. Well, welcome back to Some Things About Nothings, the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Baja. And what song did we listen to? We just listened to Ray by John Splitoff. Ray by John Spigeloff. <laughs> Split off. Split off. Split off. Split well, um, and what was your thoughts on the song? So I know the meaning behind that song because that's an artist that I was like front row for at a concert. Oh, really? At his concert. And that song is about one of his friends that committed suicide, I believe. So Wow, that was kind of dark. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it, I didn't really uh, listen to what it was about, I guess. Well, I feel like you never really do. Sometimes I try and pay attention. But yeah, so very um, calming, somber. It was almost a it. soothing song. So mm-hmm. you told me it was about his friend who unfortunately committed suicide. Yeah. But I guess that happens. So what's been going on? How's your week or so um, been? It's been good. I can't complain. I feel like I've been extra tired this week. Could be all that coffee you drink. I don't know what it is. Coffee doesn't even have an effect on it's you It's like anymore. I just can't catch up on my sleep or something. Well, I've had a couple early mornings and whatnot. Late nights. Late nights, early mornings. Usually not a good combination for getting proper rest. Yeah, but it's been, I mean, it's been fine. Good. Um, yeah, no, it's been busy. Over here as well with work and other work and doing stuff and seems a bit chaotic. <laughs> a few, uh, was, was it last weekend we were out, uh, we had a wedding shower. There we was did, a baby yeah. shower. Oh, that's probably why I'm so tired. There was a funeral. Um, a little bit of everything, I guess. Yeah, that's probably why I'm so tired. I just thought about it because we had a busy, long weekend. Yeah. We got back late. It was, and it was just weekend. like, go to work. Yeah. And work was through the grind. Yeah, but that's our life. That's how we like to live it. At the moment. <laughs> it is getting pretty crazy. Or it had gotten pretty crazy. But I feel like it's toning down a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it, it will. Soon. Once the whole coronavirus kicks out. Well, as soon as the election's over, there'll be a vaccine, so. <laughs> Probably before the vaccine, so someone could take credit for it. <laughs> like, are you not going to vote for the guy that cured the coronavirus, you know? Dr. Right. Fauci, you mean? Yeah, not a... Uh... Probably not Dr. Fauci will get the credit that he deserves for it. Yeah, that poor man. Uh, well, I would not like to have his job. He's pretty popular Fun, right now. Uh, it's so funny because I had been, you know, how I've been thinking about going back to school. Yeah. And one of the main things that I had been leaning towards, you guys, was um, getting my master's in public health. And then COVID happened, and I was like, actually, mm, <laughs> maybe not so. Much. I don't think that, <laughs> that I actually care enough or want that type of stress in my life. Yeah, that might be a little higher of a stress <laughs> dealing with a pandemic that's yeah slowly so, killing everyone. 
So that was kind of paused, but still probably going to go back to school eventually. But are people even going back to school? Well, I was yeah, going to do yeah, online, but. A couple of people I was talking to, their kids are going back to school. They're sending them to the school? Yeah. Mm. So they're actually going to the school. I mean, pretty much it's almost like if you're going to the school, you're going to be like staying in the school. Like, you know, you're not coming home on the weekends to do laundry with the family. Like, whatever germs or viruses you get. Wait, are you talking about there. college or grade school? College. Oh, yeah, okay. I knew colleges were going back. Cause that's oh, all yeah, about. grade school. I thought they were doing like a 50% go this week, 50% go next week, and online, a combination of that. Hybrid classes and stuff. I saw, Did you see about where the girl posted that photo of the high school in Georgia? No. She's kind of gone viral because, I mean, as I tell you the story. So she, um, the, Georgia, you know, has like opened back up like in April, has been like not having any restrictions of any kind, whatever. So their school started back last week and this girl posted the picture of their high school and it was like, they weren't, there was, it was like a normal Just school. Just a normal day at this school. And of course it went viral and the school suspended her. Because they said it was against their social media policy. But she got suspended for three days. But in that three days, of course, like, she's gone viral. She's been, like, on every yeah. news station. Wow, like, no, I didn't know. Like, she's gotten interviewed and stuff. And So the girl that posted the picture about the school, how they're not doing things <laughs> properly, got suspended yeah. for documenting it. Mm -hmm. Classic government cover-up. Conspiracy. School cover-up. <laughs> Camp. But anyway, wow. I know, it's like... No, I didn't hear about that. That's you hope the schools interesting are doing what that they it's should. even all those politics and stuff in like a high school. Be like, well, yeah, yeah what is their take social media policy yeah, like, these days? I took a picture of the school. Against policy. Sorry, mm. we got to let you go. You're being suspended. I guess not. Like, go. Oh, they're not really. <laughs> I don't yeah, they didn't fire her. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, you know, expel her. That's kind of like a firing of a student. Pretty much. But yeah, um, anyway. Yeah. Well, why don't we get into our topic this week, huh? Yeah, why don't we do that? So this week, um, in light of Baja's great responses she got <laughs> of her story last my, week. My true crime story Your time. true crime. True crime. <laughs> true crime. <laughs> I thought I would give a story in response. So, Baja hasn't heard this one before. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't Probably know. very few people have. Is this a um, true crime story or is well, this a damn so story? Unlike Baja's stories, my stories will not <laughs> consist of murder <laughs> and conspiracy cover-ups. That's what I'm all about. Or at least maybe, at least not this one. But um, this is the story of Julian Kopchak. Um who was a Peruvian German. I mean, her parents are uh -huh. German. She was Peruvian, oh, but a also Peruvian, German. A Peruvian German. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, her parents are German. She's, you know, blonde hair. Um, but her parents met in Peru and pretty much lived in Peru. She okay. was born in Peru, so that's why... She's got the Peruvian nationality. What's, is this like a recent, what's the timeline? No, not uh, very recent. So the incident that we're going to get into was back in 19, I want to say 71. 
Um, I probably wrote that down somewhere, and I may come across it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it was a while ago. Um, so to set the stage, she is 17 <clears throat> years old, Julian. In 1971. In 1971. Okay. Oh, I did write down 1971 right at the top there. <laughs> <laughs> I must have missed that. You Not used from to the top off and notes. you read <laughs> left to right. Yeah, so she lived in Peru her whole life. She went to a German school in Peru. That's weird. Yeah, I guess they have those out there. It's just odd that her parents are both German, but they met in Peru. And then she's going to a German school in Peru. But anyways. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, she's still embracing her Peruvian, or no, her German heritage, I guess. Um, But we'll kind of get into that on how they met and everything. Okay. Um, So she's 17 years old. She just graduated from high school. Mm-hmm. Um, we're approaching Christmas here during the holidays on December 23rd. She, so in Peru, I guess they have their prom after the graduation That's and dumb. their graduation was there. And then it was like Christmas break. So she wanted to go to her prom, obviously being a 17 year old girl. Yeah. Um, so she and her mom stayed a day behind, went to her prom, went to her graduation. A day behind. Well, and then they were going to meet up with her dad for the holidays with their family in another city that was like an hour away in Peru. So they're getting ready to travel and they're going to the airport, you know, essentially Christmas Eve or the eve of Christmas Eve, December 23rd. Um, And at the airport, there's, you know, worries of storms and everything going on. And so she... Or their plane that they booked was on Lanza. Lanza flight Lanza. 508. Never flown it. Yeah, no, don't fly it. Don't <laughs> okay. fly it. Okay. On all the research I did, this is a shitty airline. <laughs> and I don't think they still are Exist. in business. Hopefully not. Okay. So to give you an idea of how bad the airline is, um, even her dad was going back and saying, oh, I don't want you guys to fly there. They got a bad reputation. Mm -hmm. They had two previous crashes like a week before on the planes, which is kind of unheard of. So they only have one plane in their fleet still operational. So this is an airline, a three-plane operating airline. Two planes are out of commission. Two planes crash. (laughs) They're not even working. So they're like, well, we got one still. It was later, but after the whole event that happened, um, they went back and they reported that the engineers on the plane had no prior plane experience. They were what? motorcycle engineers. They had only worked on motorcycles. And these are the guys <laughs> that are now mechanically engineering their plane to continue to fly. Oh I should not be laughing. This yeah, much. no, this, I mean, this airline, they're like, really? Um, and then also it was reported later that not only are they working with motorcycle engineers, that the pilots on a previous crash, actually the co-pilot was the only survivor of one of the crashes, realized they didn't, they didn't even have a flying license. So the pilots weren't even licensed to actually fly. So bad reputation for this airline. Um, they're leaving in the morning. It's kind of storming. They're at the airport. All the planes are getting delayed. Mm-hmm. Other airlines are like, oh, we're not going out. You know, bad weather's ahead, whatever the case is. And of course, Lanz is like, we got 92 passengers on this flight. Let's send them. Oh, my so, God. 
at the time they were like, oh, it's kind of bittersweet because it's near Christmas. Everyone wants to get to where they're going. Safely. Safely. Is usually, <laughs> yes. But at the time, you know, you don't really think anything of it. You know, they kind of, the news wasn't as big as what it is now or social media. So you didn't know. So you're like, yeah, we're on a plane. We're going. Oh my God. And so Juliana and her mom take off. First 25 minutes of the flight, pretty normal. Juliana's got the window seat there. Well, I thought her name was Julianne. Julianne, Juliana. They kind of pronounce it differently, okay. or she did, at okay. least in the stuff that I read. Um, her mom's in the middle seat, and then she described an obese man in the aisle seat. So, fat guy in the aisle. But it's 1970, so he probably was like 20 pounds overweight. He could have been. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were also in Peru, well, so that's he could have yeah. been that big. Exactly. Um, <laughs> Maybe he was, but I'm just saying he probably wasn't that, like what I picture, obese. Well, yeah, not American <laughs> obese, probably. Maybe like 5'5". Five, five, right, like, yeah, like, just a little pudgy man. Um, and she said that guy pretty much... Psh, as soon as the plane took off, fell asleep right away. Mm -hmm. And so That's her and mom are awake. Yeah, no, I'm a good sleeper. Yeah, you gotta you gotta learn to sleep <laughs> when you can. I can't sleep on planes. I just can't do it. So now they're into their flight about 25 minutes in, and then they approach some dark clouds. So the storms that the other airlines were not wanting to go on, they are now flying into. Yeah. And so instead of being 11 a.m., nice and sunny, it's dark. It almost looks like it's nighttime because they're in the dark clouds. Jeez. Um, and, of course, turbulence starts happening. Mm. So 17-year-olds and her mom and 92 other people all trying to fly. And, like, this isn't, like, planes shaking a little bit up and down. They She described it as overhead bags falling off, drinks everywhere, like, just – Pretty well, much also, chaos. It's, it's tiny airlines, so I can't imagine it's the best plane anyway. Oh, well, yeah, you got motorcycle guys trying to fix it up. So, massive turbulence is going on. Man. All the lights end up shutting off on the plane. So, now it's all dark out. The only lights they get are flashes of light, which is the lightning from outside. Does anybody come overhead and say anything? Or they just I mean, at this point, these pilots are probably, you know shitting themselves and oh just God. like yeah where we're in for we should have stuck to driving a taxi this week instead of flying <gasps> but so now they're you know they're kind of panicking everyone's worried people are screaming on the airline then she sees she's got the window seat like aisle 19 mm -hmm. which is right by the wing sees bright light right outside pretty sure she saw a lightning bolt hit the end hit one of the engines so obviously that's not good for an already bad plane. Yeah. People are even going more crazy now. And her mom leans over to her. And the only thing she remembers pretty much um, that her mom said that was this is the end is what her mom That's what her mom her. said too. Yeah. Her. Okay. As the last lightning hit. So if you set the mood, you're panicking at this point pretty much. You don't know what's going on. And so the plane starts plummeting to the ground about 30 minutes into the flight, um, which would also be right around, you know, about an hour flight. That's right at probably the peak of the flight. Yeah. You know, so you're up there about 10,000 feet or so. Um, plane is now in a nosedive going down oh, to the ground. So you're just 
nose diving in, freaking out. Your mom just told you this is the end. <laughs> you're not even really. I mean, if my straight. mom said that, I'd be like, okay, you're a bit dramatic. But in this situation, yeah, you'd be like, yeah, mom, you're probably right. <laughs> I just saw lightning strike the engine. Yeah, so as they're plummeting to the ground in a nosedive, uh-huh. Juliana describes it as the plane just started deteriorating. Yeah. Like they're all in their seats, and then all of a sudden it's just like plane is falling apart. Like yeah. The How it was falling is not like the wind is going to just rip it apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So wings are flying off, the roof's flying off. Oh my God. And the next thing she realizes is she is now outside of the plane, <laughs> falling to the ground in her row of seats. So this was before all the safety measures. Oh, there were no safety measures. Okay. <laughs> so like plane. there was like no oxygen mass that comes down there was none of that uh, yeah not that i there's no like put on this i mean i don't know like, I'm asking. Yeah, like, no, in I mean, the 70s over the rain feel like in the 70s you could smoke on a plane so yeah that's they true. probably didn't have any of that so she is now free falling to the ground oh in a row of seats skydiving essentially skydiving without a parachute <laughs> looks to her left and her mom is not there oh my god the obese man is not in the seat either so they got jacked up out the seat? They got sucked out of the seat somehow. Oh my God. And she still got her seatbelt on. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that she's now spinning down towards the ground. Okay. You got the wind blowing in her face. Her seatbelt is still on, essentially tight. So she's now facing the ground, mm-hmm. going down in a spiral. Ends up passing out. Um, which she says due to her seatbelt being so tight, just kind of sucking the air out. Or, I mean, life of or lack of oxygen because you're free-falling. Well, she was about 10,000 feet in the air. So you can still breathe there, but yeah, I mean. But still, like. Yeah, you're in panic mode. Yeah, your body's in shock. I mean, at this point, you think you're donezo. Mm-hmm. So the next thing that she kind of vaguely remembers is she had two dreams. One of them she describes that she was in like a dark room and like a loud engine noise was almost like inside of her as she was like bouncing off the walls. Okay. Which was odd. That's weird. Um, Her other dream was that she was completely filthy, dirty, muddy, but it was her dream. So she was like, oh, I'm just going to go take a bath. And like, I just go clean off. But it was like she was stuck and wasn't able to move. And then that was like the end of that dream. I mean, it was probably a little more details, but that's how she described it. Right. So the next thing is she pretty much wakes up. Mm-hmm. At this point, she survived. She somehow survived the fall. She free-falled from 10,000 feet, attached to a plane, to a row of seats, and still survived. Like, this girl is a badass. That's um, crazy. That was yeah, absolutely so, crazy. Obviously, she's going to have some injuries. So the one big thing initially was she had severe concussions. Obviously. Uh, hit her head probably multiple times on the way down. 
and pretty much for the first two days was in and out of consciousness. Okay. Just kind of waking up, passing out, waking up, passing out, not really doing a whole lot. Waking up and passing out in a hospital? or No, like- she's, on, she's in the middle of the rainforest. Oh, my God. The plane crash deteriorated over the rainforest. So no civilization around. Um, she broke her collarbone oh. and had scratches all over her body, but had two deep cuts, one in her leg and one in her arm. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that it was odd that her cut in her leg, it was probably like two inches wide and like an inch deep, Mm -hmm. but said it just wasn't bleeding. It was just like a deep cut in there, which she found odd, but it was also probably like two days of not really doing anything. But somehow this girl is a survivor and she survives the fall. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and, and she's in the middle of the rainforest and it's not like you go hiking in the woods, like we're going to go hike in the woods. This is like the middle of the rainforest. Right. It's not like, Oh, like sometimes your stories of like, Oh, we found this body. Yeah. We're on a walk or we were hiking. We found this body. No, this been is there like, for a day you're in the jungle where you need a machete to spend a couple hours to go like a hundred yards or yeah. so. So very dense trees everywhere. Um, however, to give you a little more info on her, like why she is who she is and how she's so tough is she was pretty much raised in the rainforest. So if there was anyone perfect to survive a plane <laughs> crash, a plane. <laughs> it was her, Into the it was literally her. So, um, her parents, how they met in Peru, they were both biologists or zoologists. Oh. Um, doing paleontologists, not paleontology. <laughs> they were studying other just kidding. animals yeah. or whatever. Um, but they actually met on like an expedition in Peru. That's where they ended up meeting, and mm-hmm. they stayed there, got married, had a kid, and so she was actually raised like partially in the rainforest. Like they had ecological huts that they called them that they would live in out in the rainforest. Mm-hmm. So her whole upbringing, her dad taught her all this stuff. Like Eliza Thornberry. Uh, I was thinking more like Tarzan and Or Jane, like Tarzan, yeah. Except she is like the Tarzan person mm-hmm. of the story. Um, or like uh, the Jungle Book. You know, yeah. just kind of raised out there in the woods. That was like her. Like they showed pictures where she had of just like standing up, you know, on a canoe, paddling through the river and Aww. stuff. And so she was pretty tough. Um. So now she's finally starting to wake up and not fall asleep right away from her concussions. So her first thing is like, hey, I need to find my mom. So she kind of describes it as trying to crawl out of her seat. And she can't really move anywhere yet just because she's still weak, so weak from the fall. that Uh She just starts kind of screaming for her mom, getting no response. And also, like, she was in a row of seats. So there's not, like, a big plane crash debris everywhere. Mm -hmm. She's all on her own. All she sees is the jungle forest. Yeah, she could be, like, five miles from the debris and the stuff, other planes. Yeah. So the first couple days, she kind of spent wandering around the area, getting used to it. And she described it as, like, putting her heightened sense. She was like, all right, I'm going to remember all of these trees, this whole area. This is going to be, like... I know where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And so she's walking around the area, kind of doing circles to get a good radius, see if she could find other stuff. Um, she came across a bag of candy, which was good, and a cake. Uh, tried the cake. A cake? Yeah. A, In a the rainforest? A cake. <laughs> That's what they were serving on the flight. Um, tried it. It was covered in mud. She didn't like it, didn't eat it, didn't take it. But yeah. she took the bag of candy, um, not knowing that that candy was going to be her only source of substance for her time there. Um, didn't end up finding her mom. Um, came across another ro- another seat of passengers, all women, but realized it wasn't her mom because her mom was sitting next to her. anyway. Right. So she kind of realized, like, this isn't good. Um, and those other three people that she came across, they didn't make the... Yeah, they were dead. Yeah, no, they were dead. <laughs> they didn't survive the fall like she did. Um, so now she knows from her instinct of being raised in the rainforest, like, all right, let's get our stuff together. Let's go find some water because one water stream leads to another which hopefully leads to a river and then that way i can you know find an escape or find like some form of civilization so she hears uh again her her growing up in the rainforest and training and having zoologist parents really help she heard this particular type of bird called a crested crested bird um which i guess has a distinct sound to it but she knew that these birds usually like live by bodies of water that's good yeah so she was like shit i'm gonna start heading in that direction and immediately kind of hit one of those like uh like inner feelings where it was okay this is what i need to do i know where i need to go right now yeah adrenaline yeah adrenaline so she starts headed over in that direction and sure enough she comes across a body of river or a body of water. I don't know if it was a river at that point yet, but she starts following it down. And again, I mean, she's only 17. So she's kind of struggling to make every step go, but ends up getting into this river where then, uh, or the stream then kind of turned into a river. Okay. So instead of like walking through the dense rainforest where she was making no progress to begin with, starts kind of floating down or traveling through the river, which initially like seemed like a good thing because she's making progress. But at the same time, like in the river, it's not like she's just on a nice float. No, this is like, there's piranhas in the river. Right. Um, Or it's the rainforest. Exactly. Yeah. It's the rainforest. Um, so there's piranhas, there's crocodiles, and she said the most dangerous were the poisonous uh, stingrays. So what she would do is she would grab a stick and essentially like put the stick down in front of her in the river before each step, just so she doesn't actually step on oh, one of the stingrays. She's walking through this. Some of it, yeah. Okay. She's walking and flowing through it. Okay. <clears throat> or kind of swimming through. Yeah. Um. And then the crocodiles, she said, as she like they did a documentary on her, and she just talks about it like it's nonchalant. Yeah. She's like, the crocodiles are just they don't attack humans. So I know I don't need to worry about them. They don't? 
Apparently not, is she's what she said. She's never met a crocodile from Florida. <laughs> well, maybe not. But she describes the crocodiles like on the banks, kind of diving in the water, splashing around, and literally swimming under her at times. And she just keeps trucking along. Well, maybe they were like protecting her. When have you ever known that crocodiles I don't protect know, but you? You know how like you'll see those stories of like dolphins or whales that will protect like a lost something in the ocean until it gets like to us. Maybe they just were protecting her from piranhas or something. I mean, like. Well, I mean, it's possible. Maybe I don't but... know. I'm just theorizing. That's Anyways, cool. that's cool though. She doesn't freak out over the crocodiles either. Um. And out of all of her injuries she had, she said the only thing that she really got um, worried about was that the cut in her arm. Because they're, I mean, kind of a little gross, but essentially she saw maggots living in there. So yeah. squirming around in there and she oh, was like, Don't describe it. I don't want to lose my arm. I'm going to get blood poisoning. This isn't going to be good. Yeah. Other than that, she was like, ah, my collarbone's broken, but I'm okay. All the other cut scratches, my head's, you know, kind of healing at this point. So she was able to press on. This is crazy. Yeah, the fact that she survived all of this is really miraculous. I'm just thinking like, about this morning <laughs> when you stubbed your pinky toe and how you, like, fell onto the floor. And this girl fell out of a plane. Well, I it like, really yeah, hurt my toe. My collarbone's broken, but I'm gonna keep going. Yeah, like, I geez. mean, she and at this point, like, she knows her mom died. Yeah, or at least assumed her mom died, right. and she just had the drive to survive. And it's like I like to think, oh, I'd be the same way, but I mean, she's out there for like twelve days. I think you would. I don't know that I would. Yeah, I would. Might be true, unfortunately. But I think that you would be like, nope, I'm going to find people. I'm going to figure this out. This is my strength or yeah. whatever. Watching all that naked and afraid finally pans off. You know, it's got a purpose. Yeah, but I would, I mean, I like to think I would too, but I honestly do not know. You know, you never know. You don't know till you know, I guess, but. That's true. Also don't want to find out, but just saying, okay. Yeah. Okay. So now we're about 10 days into her journey. Uh-huh. Um, 10 days? 10 God. days. So she rationed out the candy where she would eat a little bit every day. But like one what bag candy of candy. Was it? Didn't say what kind of candy, but I imagine it's in Peru, some type of Peruvian little bag of candy. Mm -hmm. Not like Starburst Skittles or anything like Skittles that. I was picturing Skittles when you said rationing it. Oh, but, no, but it seemed like it was pieces of candy so she could eat a piece and be done for the day. Get, you know, your one ounce of sugar. And, yeah. like, she didn't have any survival tools either, which is even more crazy because she lost one of her shoes. She was a 17-year-old. She was in, like, a little – or she was in a skirt <laughs> – and she's in the rainforest. So yeah. like, even at night, she said, was one of the worst times. Well, because of the bugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The mosquitoes would eat you alive. Yeah. And they did. Like, it was just 
it would be crazy. Like, I mean, we get bad mosquitoes here, but that's nothing compared to being in the actual rainforest. That's nothing compared to sleeping in a skirt outside. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> and then if it wasn't mosquitoes, I mean, it's the rainforest. Right. So it's raining. And like once Ugh. you're caught in the rain all night, like it's freezing rain. Yeah, hypothermia. Yeah, she didn't have any fire, didn't have any, you know, tools, machete, anything. She even only had one shoe. Um, But so during this time, I mean, she hasn't had anything to eat. She's kind of like in the hallucination stages mm -hmm. where she's like seeing things, not sure if it's real, be like, oh, that's not real. So she kind of describes the same thing where it's like she saw a boat on, you know, the riverbank on the other side. And it was like, how long has that been there for? Mm -hmm. Or is that even there? Eventually goes over to investigate it. Um, is so weak by this time, sees that there is a boat over there. And to like get up out of the river. So there is a boat. Yeah, there is a boat okay. at this point. So to get up out of the river, she has to like crawl up like a nine foot bank to get out of the river, like a little like hilly, muddy cliff. Embankment, yeah. Yeah. And she says it takes about like two to three hours <laughs> to make it up this embankment, literally taking it inch by inch, mm -hmm. just crawling up there, making any progress that she can. <laughs> um, gets up to the top. Again, completely exhausted. I just always envisioned it as she was kind of talking about the story. Like, she'd be awake for, like, a couple hours and then pass out. Or, like, just from exhaustion and everything. That's how I live my life on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every nap at a time. I'm like, I'm just so exhausted. I got to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. So she makes it up, and there's a little hut, um, which is, like, a godsend. Like, a hut, a shelter. This is great. There's a boat there. And, like, what would you do if you saw a boat? I mean, at that point, I like to think that I would probably get a burst of energy and, like, run towards it. Yeah. Or get in the boat and, and use get it. it. And, yeah. No, not Or her. look for people, maybe, to be like, hey, help me. This is what yeah. happened. Now, Julian, she doesn't want to take the boat because she didn't want to steal it from someone. Is literally what I'm she sorry. said. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. This is like Superwoman over here. This is your way to survival, for sure. And you're like, oh, but I don't want to steal their boat. She was just one. She's one of those people that just embraces nature and was like, nature is gonna take care of me, which it did. So, anyway, she's by the hut. This is the dumbest thing she's done so far. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I get in the boat. I'm immediately in the boat, and I'm going down river no matter what. Yeah, like. Maybe investigate the hut a little bit. I'll explain later. <laughs> Although the hut did help because she found some gasoline. And she ended up using the gasoline to kind of pour on her cuts mm -hmm. to get some of the bugs and maggots out. Yeah. Which she said she heard her dad talk about a story in passing about doing that. Um, which ended up working. Like she, I mean, I would have done it anyway just to try it. But yeah, it was, you know, what's, what's the work? Well, yeah. actually, no, it did hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, pouring gasoline on an open wound, she said it hurt a lot. I've never tried it because I try not to use gasoline on any cuts I have. But yeah. 
Well, just think of that like if you have a cut on your fingernail and you use hand sanitizer. Like, oh, yeah. That yeah, time's a that. million. That burns. Yeah, that's, that's not fun. <laughs> did that yesterday. <laughs> Ugh. So she's a trooper, though. So now she's got a boat. Um, and she spent a couple of days at the hut because, like, she finally had shelter and figured no one ever came back to it. There's a boat here. There's a hut. Somebody at some point comes and comes in this area, which she was right. On day number twelve, two local fishermen kind of see her on the other side of the river, mm-hmm. and like where she was found. I mean, there she's still in the middle of the rainforest. So the villagers there, they're very, like, spiritual, and they saw her, like, a blonde girl, white girl. Eyes were, like, all red from, like, bloodshot of even, like, the free fall, having your blood vessels burst. Well, and just everything. Yeah, like, her eyes were, like, beat red. So they saw her, and they initially thought that she was, like, a water spirit, not even a real person. However, what ended up saving her was that she speaks fluent Spanish, being, you know, lived in Peru. So she tells them that she was part of the flight Lanza 508. And they're like, okay. And they're like, we don't know what that is. Well, yeah, I mean, they're rainforest people, so they didn't know what it is, but they know what an airplane is. Right. Um, Because one of the other things she talked about was hearing planes fly overhead. Mm -hmm. So this was one where they had the largest search at least at the time in Peru's history to like find an accident or find survivors. And so the first couple of days she kept hearing the planes flying over and not being able to signal anything because you can't see through the rainforest, but she could hear the planes. She couldn't make a fire because everything's wet and she doesn't have a lighter or anything. Right. And one of the moments that she described as like losing hope was like, the day she stopped hearing the planes flying overhead. Mm -hmm. Because then it's like... They stopped looking for me. Yeah. Nobody's looking for Mm -hmm. me anymore. But it was also a kick in the pants. It was like, all right, I'm going to do this on my own then. Yeah. So she gets to this local village where they give her food. They trade her wounds. They... I mean, as disgusting as it is, the villagers talked about pulling out like 30 maggots out mm-hmm. of her arm, which is gross. Um, one of the guys of the village apparently was a pilot, volunteer. A real pilot? Uh, probably a real pilot. He had his own <laughs> plane at the village. I imagine a little propeller plane or something, but flew her to a hospital finally, like an actual proper hospital. Mm-hmm. Gets there, reunites with her dad, who at this point is like 12 days later, my kid and wife crashed in a plane crash. Nobody survived. Was kind of just like in shock. And yeah. Awe. But then it's like, nope, here's your daughter. Yeah. Like your daughter's here. So they, she talked about like, yeah, they just held each other for like 10 minutes straight, mm-hmm. not even talking or anything. Yeah. Um. So she goes through all this, survives, and is now at the hospital and does a full recovery. Of course. Yeah. And like her That's awesome. parents, follow in their footsteps and becomes goes to study in Germany, uh, 
I forget whatever the university was, but University of Hamburg, let's just say. Okay, University of Hamburg. <laughs> Studies to become a biologist just like them. Um, Sounds like Shardy kind of was, was one, but. Well, yeah, I mean, at this point, her parents were raising her to be one anyway. She yeah. knew more than probably most of the people did. Um, studies bats was oh. her focus was bats, surprisingly. Yeah. yeah, could be. <laughs> she could have been on like we COVID. We need this woman now. She was part of COVID one or two, not 19. <laughs> she was in the very early stages, uh, but made a full recovery, got married also to a biologist. Um, his field of study was bees or something. Dumb. Um, Just kidding. Bees are important. Yeah, no. Bee, we watched the bee movie <laughs> with Jerry Seinfeld. Well, besides the bee that, movie I know. Bees do, bees do lots of important things for us. Yeah. So um, about her whole endeavors, she does end up writing a book um, on her survival called When I Fell from the Sky. <laughs> I thought that was an appropriate name. I mean, like, she literally, I guess, did. Yeah. So. Like, and so after looking back on it and they had other people look at it, like she, and there was a documentary done as well called uh, Wings of Hope that the guy who did the documentary was originally supposed to be on that flight. He was booked on that flight but at the last minute changed his itinerary to another flight that was like, hold it. We're not going to leave flight. just yet. Yeah, like, well, he, he never talked about why. But, well, because that's why, but he didn't want to rub it in. Yeah. He's like, I had common sense. I wasn't going to fly in a storm. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Probably was a hurricane or something. Go on the flight, but then later on was like, kind of heard about everything. And like, he was like, Oh, you know, it's one of those moments. Like I was supposed to be on that plane. Like I would have died. So then once the survivor came out, he ended up, uh, I mean, this was like 20 years later, but putting together the documentary of it. Um, and let's see. So the one thing she talked about with him was like how, because they actually go back to Peru. Yeah, Peru, Peru, to the rainforest, to the site of the crash. And they're like uncovering planes and doors. This is like 20 years later. Um, and they talked about how she would have survived the fall. Cause that was a big thing. I was like, all right, if I'm free falling out of a plane, like, what do you do? You can't do anything. Yeah. So she said in thunderstorms, uh, there's big updrafts, which, you know, push the wind up, I guess mm -hmm. probably got caught in one of those. And also because she was the only one in her row of seats, it kind of created a spiral swinging well like, i thought that when thing. he said she was like propelling or spiraling yeah. down it's like well she's Which the only one on the probably helps with a little bit of wind resistance like a helicopter blade i mean i don't know if she was going that fast and probably the most important one at least that i think was where she landed they described the trees were all like intertwined in vines so falling down the vines are gonna like cushion your fall fall yeah and yeah, so and she went back there, walked around in the forest, and was like talking about all of her shit she went through. That's crazy. And she actually went back to the village that ended up finding her as well and reunited with the guy or one of the guys that found her. Mm -hmm. Another guy died from a uh, uh, poisonous stingray. Sting. Oh, jeez. So those are apparently 
very deadly. But I mean, can you imagine just like no, I can't being trapped I essentially in the rainforest trying to survive down what's a the, river? What's the documentary called? Uh, the documentary is called uh, Wings of Hope. Um, hard to find, not on Netflix oh, so you or anything. Can't really watch it. Um, but probably worth it. Um, I mean, a lot of what I researched and found was that, you know, kind of what she said being in the documentary. Uh, I think you can watch it on YouTube. That seems about like the only place though. Oh, that might make sense. But I mean, it talks more about, uh, well, I don't know. Um, but yeah, now I just was like. Let's do a survival story. They're my favorite because the people survive. Yeah, I know. So that's the beauty so of it. So it's like, yeah, no one dies. You know, like you're going through all this bad shit, but at the end, eventually they're going to walk out. Especially like the show I Survived. Um, yeah. I love that show Like so here, Well, I know. Hearing their ordeal of some of the stuff that they go through is just like. Well, and just the way that they talk about yeah. it, which of course, if you've been through it, like. You probably would talk about it like it's nothing, nothing, or like you're almost very humbled or whatever. But it's like they're just like, yeah. So like, I'm sure she was like, yeah. So yeah. I just decided to get up and start walking one yeah, day, it's... and it's like, what? Like, <laughs> you have a broken collarbone. Like, I just would be like, oh, I can't. <laughs> yeah, deep gashes in your leg, and your and leg, arm, and your arm, and, and, and you like, can't even stay awake you for have a whole concussion. day. Yeah, just that's so cool. But yeah, adrenaline kicked in. But I mean, she was definitely weak during her. Like they, I saw a couple pictures of her. Mm -hmm. Um, like not while she was rescued, but afterwards, and she looked pretty weak. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, but yeah, when I was going through some of the ideas to do, I like I saw this one, and it was like I think it was her book title, like "When I Fell from the Sky." I was like, well, what is that about? <laughs> like, and it literally. And why are you just falling from the sky? Yeah. Like, what is that situation? What's but, the story behind this? Yeah. Well, that so, was good. Yeah. Compliments of uh, Lanza Airlines. No. <laughs> Not sponsoring this uh, podcast. But yeah, let that be a lesson. Do not fly on a plane with motorcycle mechanics. Do not fly on a plane in a terrible storm when other airlines are delaying flights. Yeah. If your airline's like, no, flight's still on a scheduled. Well, especially don't get on the if, like, you're the shittiest airline. Right, exactly. Like, maybe if you're at the airport and United's like, you know what? We're, we're feeling good about this. We're going to give it a go. But all, like, Spirit and stuff. And those Spirit's like, no, we're going to do it. But if Spirit or Frontier are the other ones trying to get out there and fly, <laughs> maybe reconsider taking that flight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, that was good. Yeah, the miraculous story. Of Juliana Hopnikoff. Kop Kopchik. Um, and there's oh, her picture. Kop Kopchik. Yeah, and so she's still alive today. She was born in 54, so that puts her at, like, it literally 70. says her age right oh, there. 65. <laughs> oh, and there's her university. University of Munich and of Kiel. Are we still recording? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
University of Munich, not Hamburg. No. Hamburg. Hamburg. As they say in Germany. Yeah, so. Uh, that was a good story. Yeah, do you think of survival? You could no, do it. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I think know. I would have tried. But I don't think I would have been able to find water, like that whole thing about the bird, which I know, like, obviously I wouldn't have known about the birds. Yeah. No, I don't no. even think I would have thought, oh, birds, water, this direction, follow the birds or whatever. I don't know. Well, she said that part was like, they're a very distinct type of bird. It's not just like birds just tweeting around. Yeah. It was like, they make a weird noise or something, or they only stay by... Or at least they typically stay by water is where they live. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, she listened to the forest and took its signs. No, she was like, or I don't know why I said no, but yeah. She <laughs> yeah, was no, like, she, did. she was like the very first person on Naked and Afraid. Yeah. Without and she was. Because like, don't they do, they do 21 days or is it 14 days? Uh, no, they do 21 days. And that's yeah. pretty much, I mean, she was a quiet 21, but. Yeah, and she was also probably the last passenger on Lanza <laughs> ever. Oh, yeah, the airline should have been shut down long before. Let me see if they're still on. No. They shouldn't be. Yeah. Lanza Airline still around. Um. No, they were headquartered, headquartered in Lima. Uh, I don't know. They lost their operating authority January fourth of nineteen seventy-two. So five days after, or a few, a week after. Yeah, a week after they're like a couple yeah, weeks yeah. after they're like, no, we're you, not get, you guys aren't anymore. flying anymore. Yeah. You need to get actual pilots, maybe <laughs> someone that's actually seen an aircraft before to work on it. So was she the only survivor? Yeah, she was the only survivor. Oh, and also, so they later, I mean, they didn't necessarily find all the other ninety-two people, but they did make a memorial in the rainforest area mm-hmm. for the flight. Um, but they did end up finding her mom. Which they said or speculated that her mom actually survived the fall as well. Mm, that's sad. And was alive for a couple days, mm-hmm. but didn't make it obviously after that. It died to her injuries from the fall. Yeah. But I don't know how all these people are surviving like a free fall from a plane. It's crazy. Like if Juliana was the one, only one in the seat. Well, and she was. <laughs> her young. mom's literally skydiving then without anything. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's insane. But there's always hope. Well, uh, you got anything that was else a good to close out no. the uh, podcast? That was good. Yeah, as a my little set of research there, so. Hope you guys enjoyed it. How did you hear about that? Well, I was just looking at oh, survival stories. Oh. And I mean, her headline was, you know, when I fell from the sky came out. So, yeah. And then I read into it. I was like, I was, this will be it. That's, I, I mean, my, I have it. like two favorite survivor, survivor stories. 
Oh, I want to hear those. Really? Well, you know one of them. Which one? The crime junkie did an episode on her. The one lady in Oregon. I don't want to give it away to the oh, podcast to the viewers. Okay. You know it. Yeah. Her husband. Was, her husband kept calling the police department. Was like, I know my wife. Oh yeah. But there's a yeah. There's there's a couple of those that they put on those crime that junkie crazy. ones. It always survives because you always just assume those people end up dying. But mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, Thanks for listening. Let us know what you us thought on Instagram, Facebook, Something's About Nothing's podcast. Yeah, like us, share our podcast, uh, tell us what we could do better. What was the one platform that we found out we're not on over the weekend, the past weekend? Stitcher or something? You were like, no, we're not on that one. Or was it Mike? Someone was telling us that there was one that we weren't on. I was oh, surprised. yeah. He was trying to, like, like he's never heard of Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> like he's trying to listen on, like. Google Podcasts. Yeah, that's, that's why we're, we're on it. That's why we're on Google Podcasts. We're on most of them. There is one that we're not. But if you're listening to this, we're obviously on one that you can find us on. And if you're still listening to us on Anchor, let us know. <laughs> Because that's what uh, hosts all of our podcasts, helps us make them. But now that we're on the other ones, I'm just curious if anyone still listens to us on Anchor. Yeah, I think most people are using Spotify. Yeah, usually Spotify or Apple, or Apple Podcasts. Podcast. But, I mean. But then you got to have an iPhone and those controversial. You can do it on an iPad. Then you got to have an iPad. An Apple product. Anyways. Anyways. Um, yeah, no, we're signing off here. Yeah. On some things about nothings. Survival style <laughs> edition. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. And welcome back to Some Things About Nothings. The podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Baja. And what song did we listen we to? We just listened to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough by Michael Jackson. And welcome back to Some Things About Nothings. The podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Baja. And what song did we listen we to? We just listened to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough by Michael Jackson. And welcome back to Some Things About Nothings. The podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Baja. And what song did we listen to? We just listened to Don't Stop Till You Get Enough by Michael Jackson.